0: Chapter 17 of Anne Jane's Nieces at Work. This is the LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ted Nugent. Anne Jane's Nieces at Work by L. Frank Baum. Chapter 17. Mrs. Hopkins Gossip. The home of Representative Hopkins was not a very imposing edifice. It was a modest frame building, standing wound back in a little yard at the outskirts of the village, and Mrs. Hopkins did the housework, unaided, to save the expense of a maid. It never occurred to the politician who had risen from the position of a poor stable boy to one of affluence, to save his wife from this drudgery. To him, poor Mary was merely one of his possessions, and it would have astonished him to know that her sharp tongue and irritable temper were due to overwork and neglect. The Honourable Erastus was not averse to champagne dinners, and other costly excesses while at the state capital, and his fellow legislators considered him a good fellow, although rather likes in keeping his end up, moreover, he employed a good tailor and was careful to keep up an appearance of sound financial standing. but his home, which he avoided as much as possible. Had little share in his personal prosperity. Mary Hopkins's requests for new and decent gowns were more often refused than acceded to, and he constantly cautioned her to keep down expenses, or she would drive them both to the poorhouse. The woman well knew that Erastus could afford to keep her in luxury if he would. But some women are so constituted that they accept their fate rather than rebel. And Mary Hopkins lived the life of a slave, contenting herself with pretty scoldings and bickerings that did nothing to relieve her hard lot. She had little interest in politics and resented the intrusion of the many, who came to the house to see and consult with her husband during the tiresome political campaigns. On these occasions, Mr. Hopkins used the sitting-room as his office and committee headquarters, but this did not materially interfere with his wife's comfort, as she was usually busy in the kitchen. On this Saturday evening, however, they had an early supper, and she finished her dishes betimes and sat down to dance stockings in the sitting-room. Erastus had hurried away to a meeting of his henchmen in the town, and would not be home until after his wife was in bed. so she was rather surprised when a timid knock sounded upon the door she opened it to find a little lean man standing upon the porch Um, mrs hopkins he asked quietly yes what do you want your husband asked me to come here and wait for him it's important or i wouldn't disturb you well then come in she replied tartly thank the lord this thing is nearly over and we will have a few weeks of peace it is rather imposing on you remarked the man following her to the sitting-room where he sat down with his hat in his hands a political campaign is trying to everybody I'm tired out and sick of the whole thing myself. Then why don't you chuck it?" she retorted scornfully, "and go to work making an, an honest living." "Oh, oh, uh, this is honest enough," he said mildly. "I don't believe it. All them secret confabs and trickery to win votes can't be on the square." "Don't talk to me." politics is another name for rascality perhaps you're right ma'am perhaps you're right he said with a sigh she looked at him sharply you don't belong in amwood ah no ma'am i'm from beyond fairview i've come to see your husband on business she sniffed at that but picked up her darning and relapsed into silence. The little man was patient. He sat quietly in his chair and watched her work. His mindness disarmed Mary Hopkins. She was not especially averse to having him sit there. It relieved the loneliness of her occupation. On occasion she loved to talk, as Erastus had long ago discovered and this visitor would not try to shut her up the way erastus did you don't often get out ma'am into society and uh, such-like ventured the caller presently what makes you think that she demanded a woman can't keep a house neat and trim like this and be a social gator, he observed You're right about that she returned somewhat mollified. If I was like them girls up at Elmhurst fussin round over politics all the time, this house would go to wreck and ruin. Oh, them! he said with a mild scorn. Them girls'll never be housekeepers. Not for a minute, she affirmed. There was another pause then, but the ice was broken. A subtle sympathy seemed established between the two. What do you think of Rust's chances? She asked presently, as she threaded new cotton into her needle. I guess he'll win. He's worked hard enough, anyhow. Has he? Yes, Rust's a good worker. He don't leave any stone unturned. He's up to all the tricks of the trade. Is rast Hopkins? Here he began shaking with silent laughter, and Mrs. Hopkins looked at him curiously. "What are you laughing at?" she inquired with a sniff of disdain. "At um, at the way he cometh over the girls up at Amherst." rust is a pretty sleek one he is what do you mean why set that liza to watch him and tell all they do's who'd have thought of it but rust hopkins i don't see anything mighty funny about that declared mrs hopkins contemptuously the girls too put and forward for anything i told rust not to fool with her or she'd make him trouble did you now exclaimed the man wonderingly yes indeed said mrs hopkins pleased to have made an impression i suspected there was something wrong about her the morning she came to the house here and she changed her name too as brassy as you please "'Well, I declare," said the visitor. "'Did you know her before that, Mrs. Hopkins?' "'Why, I didn't exactly know her, "'but I seen her working around Miss Squire's place many a time, "'and she didn't seem to mouth too much even then. "'One day she stole a diamond ring off an old Miss Squire's and dug out.' and i told nancy then nancy's young miss squires that i'd always had my suspicions of the hussy she hid the ring in a vase on the mantel and they found it after she was gone well well i didn't know that about her said the man looking with admiration at mrs hopkins that's why i told rust not to have any truck with her when she came here bright and early one morning and asked for work. Oh, she came here, did she? While I was getting breakfast, she said her name was Eliza Parsons, and she was looking for a job. I told her I knew her record and to get out, and uh, while we was arguing, Rust come out and took a hand in the talk she laughed and flirted with him outrageous and said she was a stranger in these parts when i'd seen her many a time at miss squires what was her name then asked the man i think it was rosie or lucy or something anyhow it wasn't eliza and that i'll swear to but the girl laughed at me and made such silly smiles at rust that he told me to shut up cause he had a use for her in politics well well repeated the visitor just see how stories get twisted i heard you gave the girl a letter to your cousin martha well i did rust wanted to get her in at Amherst. To watch what Forbes was doing to defeat him, so he made me write the letter. But, um, how do you know so much about this girl she inquired with sudden suspicion? Er, uh, me? I only know what Mr. Hopkins told me. I'm one of his confidential men, but he never said how he happened to find the girl or what he knew about her. He didn't know nothing. He'd never seen her till that morning when she came here. But he said she was clever, and she is. If pertness and a ready tongue counts for cleverness, I suppose he pays her for what she tells him about Forbes. But he'd better save his money and fight on the square. I don't like this tricky politics, and never did. I don't either declared the man, but I'm in it and can't get out. That's what Rust says, but some day they'll put him out neck and crop if he ain't careful. Is the girl Eliza much used to him? I can't say. He drove her over to Amherst that morning and he drives over two or three evenings a week to meet her on the sly and get her report. That may be politics, but it ain't very respectable to my notion." Well, the campaign is nearly over, Mrs. Hopkins. Thank goodness for that, she replied. The visitor sat silent after this, for he had learnt all that the poor gossiping woman could tell him finally he said i guess um your husband's going to be late yes if he ain't more prompt than usual you'll have a long spell of waiting perhaps i'd better go over to the hotel and look him up i have to get back to fairview tonight you know do as you please she answered carelessly so mr burke for it was the detective bid her good-night and took his leave and it was not until after he had gone that mary hopkins remembered she had forgotten to ask him his name but it don't matter she decided he's just one of rust's politicians and i probably treated the fellow better than he deserved End of chapter 17.